Welcome to the Monthly Motorhead Podcast. This is episode 3, the album Obama. It's Obama, it's Obama. Some good stuff in this episode, some little bass theories from my hensman there, some wee stories from the background of making the album, and as usual, the track-by-track review, uh, inspection, critique, not critique, that sounds a bit harsh, talk about. This is just a Motorhead fan talk about podcast, and... If you're a Motorhead fan who has no one else to talk to about Motorhead, then this is probably the podcast for you. So we're on the third album of the discography, uh, going swimmingly. Some good, uh, some good numbers in the listenership. We could do with some iTunes likes if anyone's still using that. But if you don't, just keep listening. You know, we're, we're just doing this as a passion project, so who really cares about the numbers? Just, uh, you know, listen and enjoy the show, which can be found on tafatakanes.com, where many other fine B-movie and comedy podcasts are hosted, including the new season of Edquiring Minds, the improv comedy interview show. Go check it out after you listen to this, the third episode, Bomber. Oh, and also, if you've got an idea for a sign-up podcast, Please email in and let us know, topattenkanes at outlook.com. And we'll roll from there. And there'll be some kind of interest music, or there won't be. And then we'll start talking about the third album in the Mohead discography, which is... I don't know why we're doing a drum roll, because it's pretty easy to look up the discography and find out what the third album is, and it's Bomber. Not yeah. his face. Not his face. <laughs> Bomber. It's a bomber, it's a bomber, which, for a first on this show, in the studio, we, we call the studio the dog box. Okay. It's what we call on the very popular Danny Trio fan podcast, which you can find on iTunes. We have the actual LP in the studio with us. Ooh, yeah, Matt looks at it impressed. You know, it's funny, you have like... The bronze version as well. Yeah, it's... Yeah. You, you think you know these things, because you see it, like, but I'm used to having a little tiny thumbnail of the album i've never really noticed that you can see the lads in the bomber rig on the oh, cover yeah, yeah. yeah the artwork's always dead good like on motorhead albums it's really worth getting the vinyls because they yeah. are cool although the guy in the gun turret looks a bit looks odd is it's like film on the bottom and the machine but yeah but where, where's his body supposed to be <laughs> That's a good no, honestly, look where he's but he's just no, a head <laughs> it's protruding isn't it so yeah there's nowhere for phil to, to go that's the weird. head in a jar. It's bizarre how many times I've looked at that and never clocked onto the fact that the little heads are in there. I said it was weird, the artwork. And in the back, it's got Phil again doing his trademark I'm a drummer on I weird stuff with some uh, googly glasses, like me drinking something, and Eddie Clark smoking something and looking a bit pissed off. Yeah. Actually, throws it. I've only seen the um, there you go. Have a look at that. CD version. Sink that in. Soak it in. Drink it in, man. Yeah, Phil's body's definitely... That's not a natural position to be in. And it's just like a dismembered head inside of a futuristic bombing plane. It's like that Lemmy looks a bit off as well. But you notice how he's the head of the, the plane there. He's the, he's the captain. I just noticed like Lemmy plays eight-string bass on this. Does it say that? It does. Hmm. I don't know what song it's on. I didn't... Come across that in research. How do you do eight string bass on a song and then play it on four strings live? Does that not affect the way it's No, sounds? like eight string it's like bass usually comes in like four, five and six string, but once you start getting to eight, they're either you know, just more on the scale or it goes to like a twelve do you know like twelve string guitars are where it's still six strings but you have like secondary mm-hmm. strings? Yeah. So an eight string bass is Same the thing. bass equivalent of that. 
that goes all the way up to 12 as well because i've seen bases that have like two additional strings like under the e mm. and a and d and g so yeah it's just odd but i can't think of where that would be played on i've also noticed that phil plays human leg <laughs> etc as well um it could be a joke Although it'll be interesting to find out. So it's worth getting the LP just to find these things out for yourself, people at home. So how did this album chart then? Um, according to Wikipedia, it's number 12. But according to Lemmy's autobiography, it's number 11. Oh. But he, he's, in the autobiography, he states it's 11 on several occasions. You can't believe everything you read on Wikipedia. No. I've got to go with what the Lemmy says, man. So 11. And there was a single chart as well, wasn't there? I don't know where, I don't know where the single chart well, there's only yeah, one single bomber, off this. Bomber charted. Yeah, the title track landed in the top 40. But again, we're going off Wikipedia here. So. That's, uh, if it's top 40, that's not bad. Yeah, well, I mean, this was like the uh, the uh, upward momentum they were on now, because they got struck pretty quick back in the studio after Overkill to do this. and Yeah, six people, months. People were happy with. Six months, I've read, and they were in the studio about nine weeks. Which includes, which is quite long for them, but it did include a trip to Redden because he played Redden that year. All with, right. I, I read it in the book and totally clocked the wrong thing because it, it says we played with the police. I was like, <laughs> fucking hell. And it's like, oh yeah, it's Sting and Stuart Copeland, isn't it? Sting and Motorhead on the same bill, really? He, he does say it's when it was good when they had like different kinds of music rather than just generic shit. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> So the In the Studio book, which has been the tome for this podcast so far, wasn't very helpful to us today, really. It just basically said uh, they recorded it in the Olympia, was it? Olympia or Olympic? Olympic Studios in Summon Roundhouse again. And and it was the same producer from the last one who was still on heroin, and he used 10 track for the drums, but pretty much left everything else as it was. Yeah, I wanted to try and get a bit more info on like the recording of this, because it said the recording was problematic, because... Jimmy Miller was back on the smack, but back like properly back on heroin. <laughs> like apparently he cleaned up for for overkill and was was quite sober. But in as we say, less than six months after he was apparently really bad on it. So we were trying to find a bit more research in terms of what exactly happened. We found a few bits and pieces, but apparently he was still like when he showed up he knew what he was doing he knew what a good take sounded like he was just a bit tired and uh, he disappeared for like four or five hours at a time there are a few stories on that which we'll get to a bit later have we got any more info for us before we go through the tracks um there's one there's one story in white line fever where they played some festival in finland a few weeks before they were going to record this and apparently the gig went well but for some reason, the band trashed the, trashed the stage, trashed the caravan they were staying in. Then they trashed the bus on the way to the airport, and they trashed the hotel rooms they were in. Rock and roll, man. They were arrested at the airport and held for four days with a copy, one copy of Melody Maker between the band and most of the crew. What's Melody Maker? It's like, you know, like NME, but a, okay. a different, like with a different stream. title. <laughs> <laughs> A rival magazine. Is that still a thing? Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. Like enemies stop yeah, doing. So there's no Melody Maker. Yeah, there's probably like... not. Anyway, so they were held in that cell for four days. Let me recount that he read the, the copy of Melody Maker cover to cover, including the date, issue number, <laughs> barcode. Four days, man. Then when they were fi- they were finally deported, and they were told, if you mess about, 
you're going to be arrested on the tarmac. So <laughs> so they were quiet as anything on the plane back. Landed at, at Heathrow, I think. And the police were on the tarmac and they shit one. But apparently they were there to arrest the pilot because he was flying drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, fucking, you, you wonder how this lineup can last because you made such good stuff. But then you think we were locked in a, in a prison room together for four days with nothing to do. Like... Tensions must have been high from like this album on, um, and there's problems before that as I well. Th- I think they were before. There's yeah. there's some stuff on Overkill. What apparently they they butted heads on. Like I forgot what track it is now. Where it's Metropolis, is it? Where Eddie is tuning up to oh, play yeah. a and solo, say, and they yeah, just the like solo. that's the take that'll do. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just, that's like the first. The stuff when he said like you know uh, you want to sing a song and then you fucking sing one then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that we'll get to that. <laughs> So let's get to this album then, yeah. Okay. We're going to listen to this on the original bronze LP, but for uh, quality sound reasons, that's not what you'll be hearing at home. Track number one. Dead Men Tell No Tales or Dead Men Smell Toenails. Yeah. If you... doing smack oh my god like i've listened to that song so much i love that song it's a great song but i've never just sat and looked at the lyrics while listening to it i just thought it was one of those motorhead songs where throwing words together around a loose theme but that is definitely a song about not doing heroin isn't it yeah <laughs> that's that is fucking people who don't know uh lemmy not a fan of heroin no he, he's, not at all. <laughs> he's a he's a proponent of drugs and stuff but like he has said on the record he hates it to scourge and all that but if you're doing smack, you won't be coming back. And he didn't. <laughs> Jimmy Miller wasn't invited back exactly, after this record. Yeah. This this is basically him singing a song to uh, the fucking producer of the album who may not have even been there because he might have been knotted out somewhere. I think he might have had a problem if he'd have been in the room while they were recording the lyrics for this. But yeah, like there's just so many. It's it's just obvious about it there's tracks and trails he talks about beating a dead horse yeah. at some point far behind the stable door i know you've met the horse before like that the whole the whole verse is so fucking good shooting up away or back uh, shooting up away and back a bit of guts is all that you lack it's like stop doing heroin you're a fucking junkie you're a disgrace sort your life out then far behind the stable door i know you've met this horse before like you come off it once you can do it again stop being a dickhead but I don't care for Skag and this sure ain't no blag. At the end, tracks of trails, dead men tell no tales. Come on. It it definitely sounds like it's written. I knew it was anti-heroin, but the more I look at the lyrics, the more it seems to be about Jimmy Miller. Mm. Like it's... I, I like how like in 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 the face it is about it as well. It it's is. not like drugs are bad, it, drugs are bad. It's like stop fucking being a dickhead about this. Yeah. I and and I'll tell you to your face. You know. I mean, there's there's stories from like the autobiography when. 
they're saying about finding Jimmy Miller like at the wheel of his car, like asleep because he's been shooting up. And as you say, it, it's not a case of like turning up an hour an hour late. It's a day or mm-hmm. days late at times. Um, it's a shame the way it came down to it because the the first two records are really well produced, and it's a shame that yeah, it's good sounding albums. Like because apparently he was he was on heroin during Overkill, but he was keeping it together, which people, doesn't really matter. People do, you know, fucking um. Odorous Hirungus was like mm. casual heroin. They reckon he only died because he accidentally overdosed. Like it wasn't a he. He knew his his limits. He knew what he was meant to do, but one that washed too many and got. That seems to be the thing that happens with heroin addiction. It's not necessarily that like people know the limits, and usually the issue is if they end up with something stronger than what they used to, they take what would be a normal amount for them, which mm. ends up being you know a few times what they would usually take due to the purity of it and that's how overdoses happen because they don't test it out first Tragic. with a new batch um but we know Lemmy's anti-heroin he says in his in his book there's one guy who he knew in the early 70s who I think they go to Wimpy <laughs> and the guy goes to score get some heroin and they find him later and like his face is black and everything like he's been sold rat poison Oof. yeah it's it's awful stuff like it's it's an awful drug anyway but so there's a lesson for the kids out there don't do heroin you fucking asshole yeah <laughs> <laughs> the weird science yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to come up much on the Motorhead podcast. No. The Ten Smack Commandments is a great track, though. Yeah, is, you ever consider in heroin use, listen to the Ten Smack Commandments. Because indie hip hop, for you people who listen to this Motorhead podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's a proper, like, kick in the face to the realities of it. It's a great uh, track, though. Like, let's, let's stick with the band that we're here to talk about, though, with track two Lawman. Lawman, Lawman. really special about it it's not that it's a really slow pace for motorhead but they're trying something different i mean it's it's the third record isn't it yeah i mean the lyrical theme's pretty easy to pick up on there lawman you're a lawman i think you're a poor man lawman it's it's just the theme of it like it's really sort of cold and calculated like almost as someone's like conniving like that to be to be corrupt, but knowing they can get away with it. It's 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 the theme of it. And there's a much more of the 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 Lemmy writing themes in this album of like you know anti authority and anti anti anti. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like overkills just banging tunes about 
Metropolis and I Won't Be Your Sister and all that, like just good rock and roll stuff. These are songs about things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the second song of the album and it's the second one, which is, this is, this is bad, I've got a problem with this and it's not the last time we'll hear <laughs> stuff like that on this album. Um, I, I like this. I mean, it's written... Lemmy does his, his couplet. Yeah. It is rhyming couplet, rhyming couplet. Chorus. Yeah, <laughs> like, not much it, problems there. And the arrangements as well, it's pretty predictable. It's not, there's not a lot it's, to... It's nothing to, to grab me. Nothing, nothing new there. Yeah, I think this is, this might be one of the songs where Lemmy was saying they could have done with a few more weeks on the road to, yes, to get these songs together. The, the Wikipedia quote there. Because when they did Overkill, they, they, they road-tested all these songs. Yeah, because they were playing as they were recording Overkill, but I think they did Reading Festival while while doing this. Do you have and... any memory of Lawman being played live any time we've seen? I, I really don't. No, they usually play other songs, like or other slower songs. Yeah, no, there's not much there, is there, really? Apart from the bit at the beginning where he just says cancer, what what what's, what's, what's that about? <laughs> I have no idea. Is he, is he calling the Lawman a cancer? Oh yeah, maybe because well, you see, like it's the corrupt people in the police yeah. and they're, they're, they're a, a, a blight society, yes. man. You know, they're they're slowly spreading disease, is what the the powers that be actually are, and they're gonna be the death of all of us. Yeah, I hate rhyming lawman with poor man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, it's it's all right. It's not the it's not my it's not my most hated song on the album. Um, I don't think it's anyone's jam though, is it? No, it's it's no one's favorite. But this is like the everything is better than this, apart from one song. <laughs> so. Well, let's see what we'd have to say compared to the other songs on the album. Then, so "Sweet Revenge" track number three. It's another really slow one, which I think's a mistake to put this and Lawman one after another. On the same side of the album. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, is it four tracks? Of, no, it's five tracks aside, isn't it? So, like, two of them are caught up with, or two tracks on this side are just really slow and lumbering and not really up to Motorhead's pace. I mean, it's it's for me, it's the weakest song on the album. There's a story to it and a structure. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah. it's it's pretty like um, 
prototype metal songwriting as well. It's about like you know stalking and killing and stuff. You know, it is pretty much it's him plotting his revenge and then murdering someone. I think for as he cheating on someone. Yeah, that's I the the impression I got. Yeah, an unfaithful friend. You know? Yeah. And the bit I did, he's a dismembered friend. How you like it? It 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 feels like when you're describing the murder of someone, you're in like metal territory. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's not rock and roll to write songs about murder. It's rock and roll to write songs about shooting people and robbing people, but describing the murder of those people. And that's that's metal. That's yeah. You this is where we draw the line. <laughs> you can see why they considered metal by a lot of people. Yeah. Like even though they always or Lemmy always. Maintains the we are motorhead um, we play rock and roll. roll. So that uh, what what do you make of that like weird reverse sound effect thing at the beginning? The it's weird because it's 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 just a snare, isn't it? But it it comes in halfway through as well. Yeah, it? the the fact that it comes back is just and there's no need for that. And then there's more comes back in the middle of a guitar solo or before the guitar solo, which is then also reversed and layered. Yeah, on top. and it's, there's another solo layered on top. It's really dreamlike and lucid, but. It's just the song doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's at the same pace all the way through, with pretty much the same drum beat. And it just you know, doesn't... I don't hate it. I it I I'd, I'd put it above actually Lawman to be honest with you. It's it's just got it's more of its own feel to it. Yeah, I, f- I prefer Lawman. I ain't got four minutes ten. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a busy guy. I prefer Lawman to this because it's a, it's a bit quicker and it's a bit more like bluesy, whereas this is just very slow and lumbering. I think it's it's so weird and and slow that it's like it's its own sound like it's its own Motorhead sound like it's there's like a style of song that they did there's like Motorhead do different style songs and like if you heard another band doing something like this you go oh that's got a Motorhead vibe to it well yeah when that comes in when the solo's really good man yeah but you know what I'm saying about like like it's like Motorhead do like a genre of stuff that is like fast rock and roll thrash, but then they also do stuff like this and Orgasmatron, and it's like, oh yeah, that's a modded song. There's not really much more to say. <laughs> not, much to, not much to add there. So uh, Poison is the fifth track, which is the end is of it? side one. Yeah. Sure, it's not Sharpshooter. Or am I getting this wrong? Sharpshooter is the fourth track. Yeah. It so. is. <laughs> there you go. Well, well. We're not making this mistake again. <laughs> got my sights on you windshield wiper there ain't no spoiler my view boss <laughs> <laughs> see this is this, this sort of things get interesting because on this album we can clearly see a, a motif of writing songs about things and writing songs in character of things so this is a song about a sharpshooter as a, as a guy about like an assassin or, or a professional gunman 
is silver pistol with a notch for you, sharpshooter, sharpshooter. Yeah, but at the same time, you're making a song about a guy that's killing people for a living, and you're gonna throw in a line there about like a windshield wiper. There's no spoil on my view. It, it almost hits the the heady the heady levels of the parallelogram lyric. <laughs> It's just this excellent use of like words that rhyme to make these songs just... I bet he was chuffed when he came up with that. <laughs> it's, like, it's fine, it rhymes, it's done, moving on. It's like, that is brilliant. <laughs> good little song, that. It's, it's got like a good thrash vibe to it that like you could speed up and like have a good fucking go to. It like. really suits Lemmy's style. Like It's songs like this. Like I don't like. I don't particularly like bass players playing with a pick mm. unless they're doing something well, but it, it suits with this. It just sounds good you can see why it's played yeah, with a pick and it's one of those songs that sounds better in the older motorhead as well because like the gr- the gruff voice with this i think just sells it all the it's more. it suits well as a free piece because it's really bass driven it's not mm. like when you get sort of the two guitarists in the later lineup this benefits from just being bass driven rather than bass and guitar driven yeah that's, I think that's where they, where they really found the sound when they realised like you can just make the bass the, the thing that needs to be heard here. The only thing I've got a, a problem with on on this, the, the chorus could have a few more words <laughs> in it. <laughs> well, what rhymes with sharpshooter? I said he's found he's Big found something. <laughs> he's pooper. He, he's rhymes view with winch, windscreen wiper. Sniper windscreen wiper. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he'd he's managed that. He, he could he could if he wanted to, but yeah. I think he was just happy with repeating. Maybe he ran out of room on the paper and he just wrote sharpshooter times however many. But yeah, I like that good little banger though. Not really in the top five though. Maybe... That's a, the al- This album's pretty strong. Is it, is it I, well, I think it is. We'll get there's songs on this that people don't like that I like. Weirdly. What are your feelings on Poison? Let's I find think, out. Yes. <laughs> So lyrically, that's a very interesting song, isn't it? There's a lot going on in this song. <laughs> Would you say this is the first instance of writing autobiographically? From what we've come across so far, I reckon it is. Yeah. yeah. The the last verse, definitely. So well, actually, actually, all the verses. Yeah, they are because it starts out as a song about uh, poison. Is just him being fucked up. Yeah, it's it's I like, avocado. I like poison. I like having a good time second verse is i like being on the road which is a very lemmy theme you know i get seeing all this different stuff but i also like to get really messed up while i'm doing it yeah <laughs> but then the third verse uh, my father he was a preacher never taught me nothing but scorn if i ever catch him on the street yeah i'll make him wish he'd never been born because he was poison it's really vitriol the last line as well i wish my mother wasn't his wife yeah he's, like, he's like <laughs> This is, this is a weird way of... See, when you're a songwriter, man, you, you find yourself 
opening up these doors as you find them. You know what I mean? So he started out writing about the poison being the booze or whatever it is, but then he's 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 looked for another rhyme scheme there and come across talking about himself all the way through, talking about what's brought him to this point. He's thinking about his father. He doesn't like his father. And then it's took a fucking left turn and it's become about that altogether. Yeah, it's, it's just kept it in. It's really vitriolic. Like, yeah. it's... Motorhead songs usually aren't, like, angry. Like, it's not, like, to this sort of state. Yeah, and if, if they are, it's usually against, like, systems. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, police, politicians, that, that stuff. When, it, when it's directed at, like, one person. Well, I'm sure we'll find more stuff mentioning. Yeah, we'll, we'll there, find yeah. stuff later on. There's a lot more. I, lot he more definitely writes about the experience. church more as well, but, like... Yeah. The church stuff comes from his dad because his dad was was a vicar. So, but you know, he's still gonna have beef with the church aside from that because it is a bunch of bollocks. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, there's no, there's nothing in there particularly having a go at the church in this. Or it, no, it's no, really it's, just it's, directed to his dad, father yeah, being yeah. a dick. <laughs> it's just such a weird turn for a song to take, isn't it? Though. Yeah, it's a cool song though. It's a great song. It's the shortest one on the album as well. Two minutes, two minutes fifty something. So it's a good length for it. There's every there's everything packed into it. I like that one. I wouldn't be a contender for one of the top songs of the album, man. Mm. Huh? Yeah, it's that's one of the ones that haven't looked at the words and listening to it again. I'm gonna bump that up in my playlist uh, on myself. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering how big this top ten is gonna be <laughs> by the time we finish with this. I think we've it's gonna be a long you've occupied like ten, four dude. of the spaces already, yeah. and we're on the second album, third. So we need to flip this LP over for a Stone Death Forever. Bass work. I love the lyrics. It's a great song. That's a great song. It's undoubtedly the best on the album. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe. It is it's, the best. It's a great song, but what the hell is it about? I just think it's about someone wasting their life. Like he's basically saying, you you've done all this stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, when you brown bread, that's that's it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you know. You're a financial wizard, you're a top tycoon, you're a sweet sweet lounge loaded with a silver spoon, you never had it quite so good, because you didn't know that you even could. You know, you know you've never had it quite so good, because you didn't know you even could, so yeah, that, that plays into that, yeah. Time has come to pay, but it turns out to be a play, whatever happened to your life. Yeah, yeah good stone interpretation. Dead <laughs> stone dead for. Is that like a phrase that people use, or... 
Stone Stone Dead's obviously one. Stone Dead Forever is just like a nice. I used to think it was Stone Death Forever. Yeah, for I, ages. I'm pretty sure there's like an album or like a, a compilation called Stone Death Forever. Yeah, you know, yeah. You subliminally put it in there on mine, so it's the other way around. There's, but yeah, it's banging tune. There's a lot that just works on this. Like, obviously, it's bass driven again with like the ghost notes on the star. Ghost um, notes. Well, do you know when you? What's the word? When you don't fully fret down. I wouldn't know, Matt. You're the bass player. <laughs> no, but when you, when you just cover the fret and like you get like a a, a click noise or a tick. Okay. The, you know what I mean. I'll play Yeah. Yeah, but like there's that, and then the the bass. So it's just so simple. It's just playing the riff, but you know. Just... But it's memorable. It's it borrows its way in there because it's so simple. It's repetitive yeah, it, in a good way. It just really works. Like this is probably one of the reasons like punks like Motorhead or latched onto Motorhead, you know, more than Motorhead thought they really would. But yeah, just just such a simple song that just works really well. Like the chorus has got everything. It's got the a great build up. There's some really cool drum fills on there and just Eddie going over the top. You know, on his Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet as that stuff, man. I really like that. Just works really well. Like a cool chorus that's not just like one word everything it's like means something and it's different every time again it's it's just one of those songs where lemmy is just almost rambling again but but at the same time coherent. Some, all, like all the elements of it are the most ambitious on this album like yeah. the songwriting the music i like the the playing the uh, the fact that there's a take where eddie clark sings as well you know it's ambitious i need to listen to that later <laughs> it's out there man uh, uh, if you get the Castle Communications 1996 CD reissue bonus tracks. He might be on one of them. Oh, it's on YouTube somewhere. It's, uh, it's also on YouTube. So yeah, yeah much easier to get your hands on. Yeah, yeah. good, good, uh, good song. Yeah. All the Aces is the next track, which is also a good song. That I would have listened to for years, thinking it was about corrupt bastard politicians. But sitting there listening to it now, it's, it's about the record label, isn't it? It is, yeah, it totally is. I think it, I think it might be about the years prior to hopefully, to the, yeah, hopefully well, to the Robin first album being released. This one out, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it, basically them saying we we are motorheads, we do it our way, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, you know, we we haven't got people behind the scenes who are, who are gonna control this for us. We're gonna do it our way. Yeah, because it says in the second verse, I I, fa- I found it hard to learn. I don't get what I earn, but you get your share. Though you ain't nowhere, you get no wiser. But then I despise you. So he he gets his like I found it hard to learn. So I've been through this. Yeah. 
It's like I'm I'm gonna go my way mm-hmm. from now. Like it's got it's got that thing as well, the rhyming midline. So the only thing I know is playing rock and roll. And they do that in Sharpshooter as well, but they've left enough of a gap there <laughs> in between, if that's not obvious. But yeah, it's again, there's like the anger there, but it's like it's directed at someone. It's not vitriolic. It's like you know, fuck you. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it our way. Again, like it's really, it's got the punky ethos and coming out in like '79. It's weird science. Fuck your A and R departments. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it's making the song about you the uh, how you're being screwed over by the people whose job it is to look after you and make your music sell well, and they're just out to tick the boxes. They're not there to make sure the best product gets out there, are they? Yeah. It's upsetting me that is. <laughs> That's quite an upbeat song as well. I'm yeah, quite surprised. Again, that. I've never, I've never noticed till I stopped and thought about it. Yeah, it's just a, it's a downer, really, isn't it? Because these people will continue to screw him over for a long career here. Yeah. Well, they did before he made it. They, they already have as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's just, he's just trying to eke out a living from this stuff. Wow. Okay, that's a bit of a downer, but uh, maybe a step down will cheer us up again. <laughs> to be honest, it's it's nearly four minutes. It's three forty, and there's two verses in it. It flies and by the, though. The, the fucking intro's like two minutes of that. It just keeps. It, when does that song start? It just keeps going and going and going, whittling away there. And then oh, there's some lyrics, and the lyrics are bollocks as well. I reckon this. Like, I'm not no evidence to back this up, but I reckon the Lemmy's gone like, okay, you got a song on this album. Go write it. Come back and then sing it. And because he's not interested in singing it, he just made a fucking two-verse thing that... I ain't no beauty, I'm a secret fox, I'm going to put your <laughs> presence inside my favourite box. Fuck are you talking about? Stick to what you do, play the guitar. Oh, no, I, I don't think... like that song. No, not at all. I, like no. I mean, like, 
yeah, it, it's like that outro sounded nice. It was it was nice. It's just not my thing. I like a good rock and roll tune. I don't like half of the rock and roll tune. I want all the elements to be there. I feel it sets a tone. Like it, 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 it seems like a southern. It's the kind of thing that would be played at like a southern dive bar. I like you see in like these days, set really. If I'm being honest with you, it's just you know you do a quicker version of it and you go for a piss when it was being played as well. You go to the bar or something. Yeah, so it's admit that it's it doesn't feel like a motorhead song. I, it works better as a break than like Sweet Revenge does. Yeah, it, definitely. As bad as it is, it it's better than Sweet Revenge. So I don't, I don't mind this. I'm not obviously ranking it highly on the album, but it's it's a good change of pace. Like it, it's less jarring. Then Sweet Revenge. I, I think it's all right. I think Eddie does like a decent. He's he's not it's a his, full on vocalist, but it, it works for the song. His second and last song is it? I'm yeah. pretty sure it's his last one that he sings. I don't really think he's got much going for him vocally. It's, I think this may be an occasion where he complains that he doesn't have enough to do, and then let me just say, forced him <laughs> into the booth. To do uh to do this, I'm, I think it works. No, nah, not for me. No, <laughs> not for me. No, not making it to the top ten. Not even no. the top ten that's got five hundred songs in it. It's not making its way in there. What's next? Uh, talking heads. Talking heads. Jesus, I can't even remember what this is. I'm sure I'll know it once I hear it. <laughs> It's a sign of a good song when it makes you pick up a guitar and go, oh yeah, riff that. It's, it is a fucking a belter of a riff, isn't it? I, I like it. Yeah. It's, I really like this song, but it, it doesn't seem to be liked by the band it's, at all. The reason that's not stuck out in my head is because it's one of the few that doesn't have a chorus. That's the title, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't like it. It's just the talking head. It's just how the verses end. Yeah, it's it's about the television. Obviously, it's a nice clear song about don't watch too much TV. Don't again a motorhead theme. Don't believe everything you're told. Don't trust the people telling you. Exactly, yeah. It's it's saying you know it's it's spewing out propaganda and everything. I mean, obviously, this written in '79 when you've got three channels. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. BBC One, BBC Two, and the Light Channel. Um, and even then, it was like, oh, now they're talking about their arse lads. But yeah, Fuck. I I really like this song. Um, I don't know why Lemmy hates it so much. He's, he seems to be really against this song, but I mean, he's talking about this in, in 79 and now in 2018, you have news networks, mm-hmm. you know, pushing their agendas and everything. And well, not just news networks, like newspapers and everything, which has gone on for years, but it's, it seems a lot more hard. And I mean, this two year, like one or two years before TV crimes by Sabbath, which is a tune and a half. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it's it's just talking about it in like a general sense, but it's 
it's really ahead of its time, I think. And plus, like the build-up riff is brilliant. It's so simple, but it just works. No, no, the um, it's like what the chorus fits in. It's like, I'll just, I'll get the guitar. What are you saying about ahead of its time? Like it is, like it's got like the framework of a, of like a, you know, a metal style song to it. Like the, these guys are the enemies kind of thing, you know, don't trust anybody. Uh, anyone in a suit's a bad guy, you know? Yeah, it's it's the continuation of, oh, what was it earlier? All the Aces? Yeah. And it's this riff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that one and was... the way it ties in so well with the vocal as well, like, it's like when Lemmy's like singing more, you know? That makes you sit up and pay attention, I think, when stuff like that happens. And it rings out. Yeah, it's... It's, it's, it's... I think this sounds musically more different than anything on this album as yeah. well. Contrary to, like, Lemmy's opinion, I had... This is I one think it would have made a good single. Yeah, I think it would have, especially the time it was coming out as well. But for whatever reason, they decided it it wasn't <laughs> so yes one uh, uh let's let's uh close this off now with the title track which is the last isn't the title track usually the first song um it's all over the place on motorhead albums i think Dissect that it's just perfect. I love that song. That is a banger. That is a balls to the wall mosher. That is a great piece of art right there. The weird thing I find though, every show, the encore is Ace of Spades and Overkill. Mm-hmm. Why was this never like a staple at the set? Because it, well, in the later years, anyway, it never, it never seemed to be. This is why this out. I came into this. Not not liking this album, but I always saw it as the one which is, you know, it's sub to Ace of Spades and Overkill in terms of popularity. But I really like this album, and I can't see why, you know, there's maybe one, maybe two songs on here that made it regular into the set in later years, and Bomber's not one of them. <laughs> 
crazy, isn't it? I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that song. Why, why wasn't that? It's on? a great tune, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know why the encore wasn't Ace of Spades, Bomber, and Overkill. No, I really don't know. Something had to go, and they did. They knew Ace of Spades was where the money was, and maybe they just liked Overkill more. I mean, Overkill does work as a good closer. Yeah, long definitely. Outro. But even even put Bomber in the middle of those two songs. Yeah, but, they and they it's just wanted like, to play something different, didn't they? I guess. Yes. Wow, what a, what a fucking tune! That it's a is, it's a tune. I wish it was played more live in the later yeah. years because it just didn't seem to be for some reason. It's a good way to close an album. I mean, especially on the, the slow thinky stuff, and then it's just like just enjoy, you know. It's it's got that as well where they'll do a solo at the end and it'll keep going. It won't end. Overkill does it. Stone Dead Forever does it, and this does it. It. It just leaves you wanting more. Love it's it. more it's like boss. there's a thumping of the bass. What written after after Lemmy read Bomber, which is a fictional account of a bombing raid on the thirty first of June nineteen forty three, which Eagle aired. Is that a thing? <laughs> View listeners <laughs> Well Spot is a date that doesn't exist. Lemmy being one of the first people to write metal songs from reading. There, there you go. <laughs> Interesting oh, yeah. note about that book as well. was written on a word processor. The first than book a typewriter. A yes. Wow. Imagine. Uh, the song's not about that. This song was actually covered by uh, Girl School for the Split Charity LP. EP, is it? What, what Head Girl is that? Yeah, the, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Is that next to do? Are we doing that next, or are we going? It's an EP, so do we put it in part of the discography? Ugh. Technically, it's not Mowhead. Yeah, we'll have to have an off. We'll be off here all discussion day. about this. We'll be here all day if we're doing EP. Yeah, uh, the the we need to listen to it. Day Masquerade EP is pretty fucking solid because it's got Please Don't Touch on it, which is a good Johnny Kidd song with both of them. Then it's the Mowhead doing a Girl School song, Emergency, and then Girl School doing a Mowhead song, Bummer. I think we need it. Even if we spend like 15 minutes on that, I think that's worth going through. There's no uh, bonus tracks or anything to a bomber. There's just the... There's a B-side. Well, according to the wiki, we've just got... Well, there's a B-side. <laughs> well, it's an A and a B. What's on the B-side then? Over the top. It's the B- is the B-side to the bomber single. Oh, is it? Yeah, which is included on another EP, I think. Over the top. Over the top. The B-side of the single, the no album track over the top, was subsequently being included as a bonus track on the reissued Bomber album. Yeah. So Ish. technically it is. So let's jam over the top on then, I guess. You can't harm me because I'm balmy. Completely over the top, over the top.
this on. I like this on a lot. It's a good one. Yeah. Proper jump up and down to this. Yeah. I remember when that got re-included in the set a lot. It did. It did towards the end. Yeah, there was a time where it was never in there, and then it, like, you could notice it. Like, oh, they started playing this again, and it, it fit in really well. Played at the same place, the same pace. Works. It's a fucking great Lemmy song. It's one of the fine Lemmy songwriting examples of gibberish. Like, it, it actually has the word "googlagoo" in there. Googlagoo, boogalagoo, if you will. Uh, I, it's not that I'm mad. It's not that I'm bad. I'm totally mad. I'm a boogalagoo, which is nonsense, but it fits. It's. Short, snappy words tied together to no real clear theme or no real clear message. You know, the the, the theme is I'm over the top. And it's just a good, fun rock and roll song. Yeah, it's, it's just a rock and roll song. It's the song metal. they play to to get people jumping up and down yeah. again after playing a, f- a few slow or a few, few slower songs. I don't know where I'd have put it on this album. Maybe replacing Sweet Revenge. Oh, totally, yeah. I can't believe this was left off the album. It seems like a really bad missed opportunity there. That's the album then, with including that B-side. Uh, are we including that in what's the best song on the album? I've I've got six You've got on six here that I... That I not, like, not like best, but I've like I've taken... There's six that I really like on oh, here. Oh, I mean, I think it's two or three for me at the most. To be honest that with is that it? Yeah. I'll have Bomber, Dead Man Tell No Tales, uh, and now Talking Head. Uh, all, all the Aces is good, but it's not like I could, couldn't Stone live Stone Dead Forever is my favourite on there by Stone a long Dead way. Stone Dead Forever is a good song. Yeah, yeah. and then Talking Heads, Dead Man Tell No Tales, and Bomber. And then I I quite like all the Aces and Sharpshooter. Not on, not on par with like the other four songs there, but definitely like solid album tracks, really solid album tracks. Decent little album. Uh, favorite lyrics got to be oh god, all the aces somewhere. Uh, if you're doing smack, you'll be coming back. It's just a nice poignant thing. Yeah, but I, I just relate more to the all the aces fuck you aspect of like you can rob me, but you can't stop me. Uh, you know, I just I despise you. I any any part of a song that mentions pure hatred always wins me over. I, I that's just the kind of guy I am. A windscreen wiper lyric then. <laughs> that doesn't really. Got into the top five. It's for me. it's a good lyric. It's interesting. <laughs> so, how would you say this album compares to Overkill? I don't like it as much as Overkill. For years, I thought it was the lesser of the first, not the first three, but the the it's golden a, era. Yeah, it's hard. To, there's so much good stuff on Overkill. It's yeah, fair to compare. It's, it's a second to to Overkill, obviously. But I think the band would have admitted that. I mean, if they'd had another another month well maybe maybe not a month but another another three four months to get some of those other songs down maybe replace well i know you'd say step down yeah over the top um first one out the door but yeah if they if they could tighten up law man replace well in my opinion sweet revenge (laughs) with over the top then you'd have like a really really solid album that i'd really compare to overkill it's it's just lacking which might be down to the time constraint it might be down to to the problems with the producer mm. but solid solid album a lot better than i remember yeah man still enjoyable um and that's the album motorhead bomber so next month we're doing the big one ace of spades the ace of spades eat razor blades eat razor blades i'm looking forward to that i think that i think There'll be some controversy. Ooh, join in next time to see what that controversy is. Leave that on a, on a stay more head, better head than dead. 
I'm, I'm trying to catchphrases. That's it. Use that as a title. We can't. It's too back, to, too late to go and and do a new title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that can be the catchphrase. It's too late for a new title. 